and it actually does help when I start wait like later, especially on the long cast, it makes it easier. What's up, everybody? Josh and Jay back with the America is Blue podcast, ready to talk some Chelsea transfers, some Chelsea results from the summer series, all things CFC. If you like what you hear from us, please take a second, give us a like and subscribe to the channel. We'd love your feedback. We love hearing from everybody. And uh, with that, my co-host Jay Himmelstein's in the house. Jay, what's up, man? Chelsea raising their first trophy of the Pochettino era in the summer series. How are you feeling, my brother, about what you saw over the past couple weeks? I feel great, man. Silverware is silverware. I mean, we can always say this is like a bullshit cup, but I mean, it's it's better than not winning it, right? So um, I think we saw a lot of progression, and we're starting to see this team come to form. I think we know the top dogs who are going to be with us. Uh, there are a few question marks in the lineup as far as whether they're going to stay or whether they're going to go, but... Um, there's been standout performances pretty much across the board, mix maybe two or three players. Uh, we have an identity. These guys are playing for each other. These are all the things that we were missing last year. So in in a month's time, we've had a heck of a turnaround. And now it's, uh, we're getting closer to real bullets. I mean, a complete 180 from all of the feelings across the board headed into last season. Yeah. A lot less tumultuous, clearly a much more settled side with, to your point, what seems like a purpose. And everybody seems to have embraced a sense of urgency, which is very refreshing, especially considering the calamity that was last season. But yeah, nothing but great vibes and great feelings headed into the season. Uh, you know, we got we got Dortmund coming up on Wednesday to wrap everything up, but winning this thing was the point of coming here, getting everybody tuned up, getting a look at the, a lot of the young guys. And I think that Potts is going to have some difficult but good decisions to make. And we still have some additions to make, which we'll talk about. But from what we're seeing right now, it's hard not to feel good, especially coming off a 12th place finish. Yeah. I mean, dude, it was only up from there. If we kept, if we, if we went south from there, I mean, this was going to be a real problem. Um it's a matter of how much we were going to be able to elevate in a transformative situation for the entire club, right? We're still in transition. Now we have another new manager that we brought in the door. They need time to gel and we need time for this team to kind of put it all together. So we know what the end product can be. So I think everybody thought we would do better than 12th. If you were a betting man, I'm sure most people were taking the, the over on that, but, um, I think a lot of us are starting to get excited to see exactly how far we can push them, whether we whether we can be a top four contender. And it kind of looks that way, at least in the neighborhood. Well, let's let's talk about some of the good feelings. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to the legend Tiago Silva scoring another goal. Uh, honestly, the header and my favorite part about it was honestly him you know, kissing the badge and, and being real excited to be there and just you know showing his humble appreciative leadership style and it's great for the young guys to see the enthusiasm coming from the old man who you know still has it and still uh operates at an extremely high level i hope that he really has an opportunity in the dressing room to distribute his knowledge show these guys what professionalism is all about and uh, i could not be happier to have tiago silva in our side on our team i just love it i really can't say how much of a difference maker i think he makes 
both on and off the pitch. Had to just get that off my chest. Um, and then, you know, with the rest of the back line, dude, it's exciting to see Ben Shilwell up there and running. Oh my God. If, you know, if he stays healthy, uh, you know, with the opportunity to have Reese James operating with an impressive Malo Gusto behind him, the back line is, is really coming together with Levi Caldwell. I feel actually really good about it. And it's going to be exciting to see what those guys can make in that back line as we start to come together and, and move towards the, the actual kickoff. Yeah. And after the Brighton game, we were starting to see, all right, well, you know, we're, we're hitting the back of the net, but we're also just gave up three goals and we were up a man for most of the second half. So we needed to see the back end firm up and stop letting in goals. And Nick's one, I guess, typical, but you know, Mark Kukurea bonehead moment. We didn't, you know, we, 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 we were playing Newcastle well. That was a very tight game throughout, but I don't know if they would have scored had it not been for him just being out of his mind and being terrible. And I then, no we, blanked, and then we blanked Fulham. So uh, the back line looked good. Offensively, we're putting together the same combinations. We're having guys who are learning to work together. We're seeing guys swarm to the ball and swarm to the net. I mean, I know we're hopping around these games a little bit, but the goal from Christopher Nkuku, Last year, dude, how many times did we say, somebody make a move, be decisive, put the ball on target, see what can happen? Now, two things weren't happening last season. Number one, we were having guys who were indecisive and weren't putting it on the net or were making the wrong pass when they should have shot or vice versa. So we weren't seeing any of that. But then we also weren't seeing any other bodies crashing into the box waiting for that rebound. They were never, it never happened. So no to see happens. something like that, yeah, to see something like this where Carney puts on a nice move, swivels through some players, doesn't even think twice, pops it on net, good save by the keeper, and who's just sitting there waiting for a give me goals, Christopher and Cuckoo. So we, it's, it's, it's all these nice simple things. I know it's all these simple <laughs> things that we're saying. Like, why can't we just see this? And now we're seeing it. And on top of that type of kind of fundamental, like let's just put the pressure on them and we'll see what might be able to come from it. We're also seeing fine execution and pressure, which is leading to goals. So it's a combination of the two and it's, it's a sight for sore eyes and it's great to yeah. see. Well, you know, the work rate required around getting some of those easier goals is, is sometimes the stuff that, that doesn't get the, the real shine, you know, being in the right place at the right time, a lot of the time is is for a reason. These guys aren't just you know blind luck. They're they're reading the game and having some guys with some great skill up front is a refreshing treat, especially when we've had such a goal barren offense for what seems like far too long. And when you start to see some of the upfront combinations uh, combined with the with the you know service that Reese James is going to be providing on the right. And with Chile running up on the left, dude, you know, Chile, you know, he is like Marcus Alonso in the sense that he can definitely get the ball on net and score more goals. I think that, you know, he has a chance to really, really, really do well uh, with, with Pochettino, man, because I, I love him, you know, barreling down the left and just blasting the ball, uh, you know, getting his laces through him uh and 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 scoring some goals for us like i i really hope that that happens for ben chilwell and that's i think the whole point of having the fullbacks be so prominent in the four two three one with potch yeah he he looked real sharp at least moving forward um 
it's nice to know that given that he is injury prone, that we do have some cover with Lewis Hall and Ian, especially Ian Matson. Um, I don't think Kukurea is covered in any way, shape, or form. But those other two guys, man, I feel I would feel comfortable putting those dudes out there if for whatever reason Chilwell's out for a few weeks. And and to your point on the other side, frankly, like Fulham, Malaguso outplayed Reese James. Uh, I don't good, think I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be competing for you know our, our our first eleven, but he looks really good. That guy is competent. He gets back. He's got speed. He knows how to move forward. He's really adept at cutting inside once he's in the final third and starting to collapse the defense, which opens other things up. So we've got great cover as far as our our, our wingbacks are concerned or our fullbacks. And then in the middle, I, I still think that that's a bit of a work in progress. Like, I, I love what I'm seeing from Levi Colwell. Tiago Silva is obviously amazing, but it's a matter of if one of those two guys gets hurt. Yeah. That'll lead into some of the rest of our discussion today. But if one of those two guys goes down and then we're relying upon Batty Ashiel, who, although had some really nice performances when he came over last year, is still unproven as far as sustaining this in the Premier League and is coming off no of injury doubt. and not having a lot of depth at the position. That's the one area where, again, if, if especially if Colwell goes down, because um, I don't know if we're going to necessarily be able to rely upon Thiago Silva for the entire season. So if Colwell goes down and then we're running out a 40-year-old every single time, that could be problematic. That is certainly less than ideal, uh, you know, from, from our perspective by every single possible stretch. So that's definitely going to be have to something that we, we keep our eye on. But, you know. I'm excited about what what's possible in the back. The yeah. part that makes me the most nervous, you know, right now is is the midfield. You know, Enzo's the guy that you're absolutely without a doubt excited about, penciled in. Andre Santos, I'm absolutely super excited about, and as of right now, he's the guy. Is he the is he the guy that we need? You know, right now he's still 18 years old. Uh, he still certainly has a lot to learn. We could be we are by no stretch of the imagination in dire straits. That's why we've had all of the issues with the, you know, with the Caicedo stuff. That's that's the part of of the team right now that gives me the most trepidation. Um, is that tr- those true midfielders? And like I said, sh- short of Enzo, and we know what Andre Santos is. We need a little bit of help there. We're a little light. Yeah, for sure. Um, although we haven't been playing him back there in that in that double pivot, I think if we, you know. In a pinch, Carney Chukwameka could slide back. You know, if we need some cover, I think potentially Lewis Hall could pop up. But maybe Reese James. You know, maybe yeah, maybe Reese moves moves into the midfield. You get Malo Gusto. Uh, you know, Reese doesn't have to run necessarily yeah. as much uh, in the midfield, and him being a you know defensive midi. We know that Reese has distribution, uh, you know, abilities, um, and I think he certainly has the acumen to be able to do something like that. Maybe it's maybe it's him. Um, but but listen yeah, to your original point. Right. These these are not the decisions that we want to be making. We want to have a bona fide guy that's going to be playing next to Enzo and creating a cohesive pairing there, and not looking to find guys who aren't accustomed to playing that position and seeing if they can moonlight. Right. So I think there's still there's still time for us to get moves done, whether it's Caicedo or whether we get somebody else in here. But it has to be done somewhat quick. We got to make some development so they have time to gel. Oh yeah, no doubt. But the, the the one place where I think we are all unequivocally happy and very excited is up front. You know, as we continue to make this journey, you know, Nico Jackson just looks like an absolute beast. I mean, if he's actually the guy 
it would just be incredible. I love everything I see. I get excited when he's out there. He just has the look and feel of a tremendous athlete and player. Everything he's done so far has looked purposeful and right and urgent and, you know, constantly moving forward, which is fantastic. He's a big, strong guy. I can't wait to see more of him, especially linking up play within Cuckoo and Mudrick. The speed and skill of those guys is going to give a lot of people problems. Yeah, man, he's been great. He's been a revelation. And, you know, when I signed him, you almost kind of felt like he was going to be a stopgap. And yeah. then we still needed to get somebody else. And I don't think anybody's feeling like we absolutely have to pull strings to get another striker in the door. Um, hopefully he can keep this up. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, and I don't mean, I don't mean just the production. I mean, no one's going to expect him to you know, tally the type of goals and assists that he's racked up during this preseason. But even if he can, if he can just be that consistent threat, if he can still timing the runs, timing your runs, like so that another, when was the last time we saw somebody who actually knew when to hold up their runs and stay with the back line and just wait for the right time to break as opposed to just sprinting, going offside every damn through ball. He's been so good at timing that out and reading the center backs and splitting them. Um, if he could just continue to do that, you're right. Having Nkuku play behind him and around him, that frees up space for him. If you have Mudrick with his pace going up the left side, bombing out, that collapses that side of the field, which which leaves openings. Um, right wing, I still have some questions. You know, Ian Matson seems like he could play pretty much anywhere. Ah. And I, ideally, I don't want him over there. Uh, but, not. dude, in a pinch, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly take it. And I haven't seen much in the preseason from Matawaki that makes me feel comfortable or confident with throwing him out there. Um, and Raheem Sterling's the other guy who's just been a complete dud throughout the entire preseason. So, like, between him... And Kukurea, those are the only two guys that I really want to take a nice, fat, steaming dump on. And everybody else that I've seen out there has either been competent or has overachieved based upon my original expectations. I mean, Raheem, unfortunately, has been less than stellar. There's Horrible. there's no doubt about it. I feel Horrible. terrible piling on him. I know he's got a great record in the Premier League. I know he's a real professional, but man, he is not worth the money right that we're we're paying him right now doesn't look confident on the ball getting the ball taken off of him he just you know seems very indecisive not doing anything final uh you know no finishing just just seems off the pace we we certainly have to to sort out the you know the right wing situation but you know otherwise it, you know we're certainly looking a much more dangerous side than we were at any point last season yeah, especially sure. with good old fashioned me no finish right in the middle of the midfield cuz Thank God we don't have to use his name anymore, <clears throat> Joao Felix. But you know, so we we like what we see. A lot of lot of young guys, but we're also making a ton more moves, and we have to talk about this because there have been no more sales since we spoke last. We still have Trevor Chalva. We still have your boy Connor Gallagher. We did make an acquisition of one Axel Dizazi from Monaco, who we love buying defenders from. Benoit Badiashil. Now we got we got Axel joining the crew. Uh, who else? Do we, we we got Fiaco Tomori from uh, Monaco. We've gone shopping 
in France quite a bit of late. And uh, it probably makes a lot of sense because they have a lot of uh, fantastic players. But this is obviously a move that's a, you know, backstop for Wesley Fofana being out for the year. Yeah, and it's smart. We needed it. You need another body back there. Um, the only thing that I've heard about him, I, I saw him in the World Cup in a very small cameo appearance for, for France. He was on that squad. If you're good enough to even be a bench player on that team. No doubt. Chances are you don't suck, right? Um, he's a very big dude. He's tough. He's durable. I don't think he's missed a start in his entire tenure in three years at Monaco. Those that That's where my knowledge of yes, him is. Yes, that is true. That's yep. all, that, no, that, that, that that's all true. I know. But we needed to have some kind of cover on the right side. It had to happen with Fafana out. So they dropped, you know, 38 million pounds on this guy. So yeah, it's not that bad in current football economics. That's not that bad. Um, see if he can develop, see if he can work into the squad. If we need him, let's see what he can bring. If not develop him and see if he can be asset that you can push on somewhere else at some point. But for this season, I can't imagine they would have just spent this money and brought him in to send him out on a loan. He's going to be a guy that we're going to look to oh, bring no in way. here to provide depth no on way. the back line, which is great. Uh, and dude, Lawrence Stewart knows these guys. He was the one that recruited them to Monaco. It's the same reason why we went after Benoit Badia-Shield. So right, he's got acclamation. So why the hell not? And I love the name, uh, Axel. Who doesn't like an Axel? Uh, you need them. They, they provide just that little edge, just the edge yeah. that, that, you, that, you, that you need out there. I mean, and, and then here's a, here's a little bit of business that, uh, I did not expect it to get done was Robert Sanchez. Amazing how we we get this deal with Robert Sanchez as a you know a competent second goaltender. He's clearly not you know a number one. How are we doing this business with Brighton when we can't get you know Caicedo done? This this is continuing to grind on me. It's gnawing away at my soul. Uh, what it, what Brighton is doing and. The fact that we can't get this this deal done, this transfer done, especially when the player obviously you know knows and is now agreed to personal terms long ago, was excited to 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 be a part of the team, wants the move, was told he could leave. How is that going to carry over now to the season at Brighton if he's with that squad? And they were offered eighty million pounds, a hundred and three million dollars. And they said no. And all they asked was for a reasonable offer. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that's that's their problem. I, I personally, going back to Robert Sanchez, I like him. I thought he was very good yeah. at Brighton. Um, Deserby just didn't, I mean, it just didn't fit his play style. So he got benched for Steele. But Robert Sanchez's record with Brighton, given the fact that up until last year, they've been kind of like a meddling team, has been relatively good. So... Uh, clean sheets are up there as a guy who's going to potentially compete with Keppa, That sounds great to me. So I've, as soon as the rumors started swirling about that, we were looking at him, if Brighton were willing to give him up because he was surplus or requirements there. Absolutely. Let's get him on. That sounds great. I, I do like that. The, now, the, dude, the Caicedo stuff, <laughs> you know, I, as long as they, the thing that pissed me off about that was the stuff with them, pushing for Levi Colwell. That I didn't like about this. I mean, they listen, it's their prerogative to do whatever they want, but if they want, you know, I, I, I honestly don't mind. I'm like, listen, if, 
It's your player. You have to put a value on him. You did make a promise to move him on, but just because you made the promise or or you you validated his desire to move on and he was good enough to stay along uh, for the second half of last season, doesn't mean that you have to give him away for whatever price point comes around. If you have a valuation on him, you can stick to that. To your point, though, so I'm not mad at them, but to your point, one of your better players and one of your leaders in the midfield is obviously going to be coming into the season with baggage unless you do find a deal for him. And I don't know how many other teams are going to look to pay $100 million for this guy, right, after one good season at Brighton, when it looks like everybody overachieved. And when Alexis McAllister, who just won the World Cup via release clause, went to Liverpool for 35, right? So they're obviously doing what they do. They're trying to get blood from the stone, I think we'll ultimately end up getting him in the single go through. But if it doesn't, so be it. I mean, eventually this guy's going to be a free agent and then he's going to end up leaving them or the transfer fee is going to have to go down because his contract's going to start running out. But it's going to be problematic for them and that's going to be their problem. We just need to, we need to make sure that we're doing what we can do to try to bolster the midfield and not just put all the eggs in that basket. We need to be looking at other places and getting people on board because if that doesn't work out, then we have to cut ties with that decision immediately. And then get somebody else in the door so we can build some depth because we can't rely upon the youth that we currently have to be our starting midfield. And not Connor Gallagher as a starter. Please, Jesus. Well, he's not really a double pivot type of guy, but, you know, I guess he does have that, you know, positional versatility and the uh, English international brand that they like to talk about so very much. Now, uh, can you tell us another acquisition that we've just recently made? Leslie? Speaking of the devil, Leslie Ugochuku, uh from Ren, another French. But do we? Why would I, I guess yeah. I understand why we like the Frenchies because they've been exceptional and they're been developing they're awesome. a lot of time. We're That's... getting a lot of Frenchies, a lot hey. of croissants. Yeah, um, for sure, dude. I mean, yeah, listen, he's a defensive midfielder. That sounds like a, an area of need, but you know the, the 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 rumor mill and what everybody's saying is that he's just coming in to go out on loan. Maybe yeah. we'll be maybe listen. If all this other shit doesn't work out, maybe we're going to be forced to keep him, and then they'll have to work out between him, Andre Santos, Enzo Gallagher, Chuka make like pieces thing together until they can figure something else out downstream. Well, I feel great the, about that, but you know, this is the thing which I like. He's going to Strasbourg. He's going out on loan to join Gabriel. We're going to call it. Chelsea University. Strasbourg is going to be Chelsea U. That's where we're going to be stashing all the young talent, making sure that they get integrated into the, you know, the culture, the system, the style of play into, um, you know, making sure that they all know English. If that's, you know, a language they have to learn before they have to go into London and, you know, be with the big club, a place to let these guys mature marinate and develop and if they're good enough they can join the 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 first team and if not we're selling guys for profit at a legitimate club that's playing in a legitimate league and hopefully developing them into like a champions league type side could you imagine like it you know basically operating simultaneous champions league level sides with young talent and your your first team pretty good i mean this is what we're hoping for it's the, it's the Red Bull system. It's what they do. Um, 
You don't just buy a team that's kind of like shit in league gun and then hope that the guys that they currently had on the roster were eventually going to provide you with some talent. You need to infuse it with talent and start making it an attractive place to go. Um, you can compete in this league. You're not going to beat PSG. I, I, I don't imagine Strasbourg winning league gun, but if you can elevate that team so that they're in you know, playing champions league football and qualifying toward the top of that league, which is possible. It's a very wise move. You're going to be able to pluck a lot of other French talent and a lot of other kids to end up going to play there and not have it be like, oh shit, I got signed by uh, signed by Chelsea and I'm disappointed that now I have to go to this team that finished in the bottom third of league gun. If they're competing for Champions League spots, people would be like, all right, at least I'm playing in the Champions League. That's a dream off my bucket list. Why the I hell mean, not? Hell, hell yeah. And a legit opportunity to show your worth and value while playing. You know what I mean? Just, you know, give me, give me an opportunity to get into, you know, Cobham and, you know, be with the, with, with the training and, and, and show my stuff. So it also gives the guys that motivation, that carrot as the, you know, as a, being a professional footballer wasn't enough, just what you need to, to excel and to, to stay motivated. So, uh, but back to the other, you know, targets that you were talking about in the midfield, I'm seeing Valverde from, you know, Real Madrid as well. I mean, I know that they really like him. They find him really highly rated. I would they would they part with a guy like that? Because, you know, he would be absolutely incredible. The 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 South American midfield pairing of not Caicedo and Enzo, but of Valverde and Enzo. Okay. Yeah, there's there, there's been rumors not only of him, but I think also um Aurelian Chuameni. Like there was a couple of guys who Well, he makes way too much money. He makes like an insanely stupid, crazy amount of money. It's a lot, but I mean, you know, Madrid has just overloaded their midfield. They have the elder statesman. You have Jude Bellingham in there. You have a lot of talent in there. If they feel like they want to cut ties with Cavalinga. somebody that they don't need anymore, I like Valverde. Dude, that guy's got a fucking cannon. Dude, that guy is His awesome. long shot is a rocket. I get it, dude. Of course I would take him. Um, I don't know if he's... I don't know him well enough to... Able to assess his defensive prowess. Well, he's dude. He always he gets selected all the time, even for Real. And that's what he like. He was awesome in the World Cup. I mean, he he's he's a total a total freaking beast. Like I, I just think he's awesome. I, I mean, I just don't know if if that's legit or not. And then the silliest of them all. We would be remiss if we didn't say anything. We're just gonna say it because we have to do it. We're a news show. It's what we do. Report the news on Chelsea. This Killian Mbappe stuff. I, don't, I just I don't even want to say it out loud because it just sounds so ridiculous and stupid. I think there's approximately a zero percent chance that he you know ends up in London. What are your thoughts, pal? I think this is the type of guy that Todd Bowley has wet dreams about. Oh, I mean, I think the, every, the, the but more, everybody the, does. Yeah, everybody, no, but they, they all they, do. But this is a guy. As soon as he came on, like you know, I want to flirt with Ronaldo. I don't only want to win. I want like a true legend talisman of the game wearing Chelsea blue. Like this is what he's wanted. Um, I have two issues with this. He's an amazing talent, right? Of course. He's one of the best players in the world. He bags goals. He brings ridiculously speed. Crazy. He's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. 
I don't care about his attitude. I don't care about his ego. I love a good ego in a superstar. Go ahead. Yeah. I want you to have the ball. Hell yeah. Of course Definitely. you're that good for a reason. Because you want the ball and you deliver with the ball on a very consistent basis. So yeah, all that stuff, I'm on board. The issue's coming is this. If we do get him on, how long is it going to be for? And it's a year? Two years? I mean, the guy ultimately, you know, it seems like the stars are aligned that he ultimately wants to be and they want they want him at Real. So you know, as much as I love Chelsea, and I think that we are absolutely fantastic, the biggest, baddest, most amazing club in the world, Real actually is that dog. Right? Yeah. They, they are the biggest, baddest dude on the block by far. Yep. Um, so what is it, a year? Maybe you get two years out of him to sign a contract, and knowing that he's just going to use this as a stepping stone to get there and buy them sometime, I have a, I have a little bit of an issue with that. A year is out of the question, even if you do it for maybe two or three years. Maybe I'm okay with that, knowing what the end result is and knowing that at least it gives you the chance that if you turn into something really special, that maybe it'll lure him in. The if other issue that three, I... We also wouldn't sign him. What are you going to do? Spend all that money and then sign him to a one-year deal? I mean, you're, you're, well, you're never going to do that. Well, I mean, it depends on what the fee is. They, PSG is under serious financial constraints. They have certain bonuses. I think it's 60 million euros. Yeah. The cutoff, I think, is somewhere this week. So it's like... If you're not going to keep a guy, then you have to shell out sixty million for him. I mean, there's all the incentive in the world for them to be able to get rid of this dude. Uh, so even if it means that you have to take a cut rate price at a hundred, a hundred and change to get rid of him, knowing that you don't have to pay sixty, that's a hundred and seventy million dollar value for you. Don't think everybody in the other boardroom isn't thinking that. The other issue that I have with this is that that guy plays on the left wing. We just spent a hundred million dollars on or hundred million pounds on Mudrik to play on the left wing. He's obviously better, but now we're stunting Mudrick's growth and kind of completely fucking up his game. Seeing if maybe, who wants to shift to the right side, it just creates kind of a logjam with some of the other things that we have going on. But dude, if that could ever happen and you could sign him to a few years, I mean, I think you kind of you know you stir the pot a little bit. You see, you see, I mean, I think you kind of have to do that. I think you do. I mean, he's he's pretty good. And we're not we're not playing in Champions League, so we'd really really have to do well if uh, we were going to sign him. You better you got to win the league if if you get if you get him in there, you well you better finish in the top three at least. So with, with a with a guy like that on your squad, an investment like that, you you gotta 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 have success with that man. That's crazy. And it would be hard for me to imagine us not competing. Yeah, competing. Uh, I, like hope, I would hope that we'd be able to compete if we had Kylian Mbappe on our team. Yeah. But that being said, he's not on our team, and I don't think he will be. So yeah, I, I don't even want to entertain this anymore. But one thing I do want to entertain before we wrap this up is we got to talk about Eli, or excuse me, Levi Colwell, um, possible contract extension. That would be fantastic. I want to get him locked in so we can also get him out of the window, make sure that nobody wants to come make a pass at him because he's definitely a guy that's going to go for 80 million, hundred million pounds in the next couple of years. Yeah. He, he's, he's untouchable. He needs to be our first, first team starting left center back. Give him the time, let him flourish. The guy's going to be a stud. And it, it he's already been flirtations with Liverpool. Obviously Brighton's been trying to, Bargain basement us for him. There's going to be a lot of teams around Europe that are going to want to get him, locking him up. Dude, you have a starter for years. 
years. Uh, let him be another Chelsea boy through and through, born and bred John Terry 2.0. Yeah. But in the in the meantime, love doing these with you, brother. Everybody out there again, thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for the feedback, all the downloads, all the likes and the follows. Hit that subscribe button if you'd like to listen to more. We'll talk to you again soon. And America is blue.